0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
3: Welcome to the Football Ramble. It is Thursday, the 9th of July. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore.
2: See, that wasn't that hard, was it, Luke? No, it wasn't as hard. It's never as bad as you think it's gonna be, Kate, is it? No. It's like once you get it once you get in there, it's like a dentist. Once you get in mm. there,
1: it's all right.
3: Little peek behind the scenes, of course, is that in order to run the the titles, yeah. someone has to press a button.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would also say that the, the, the dentist is horrible sometimes. Yeah, I didn't mean it's that. like being waterboarded. Yeah, a dentist is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, what
2: I meant to say, you're absolutely right, both of you. What I meant to say was that it's never quite as bad as you think because you've built it up in your own mind. Mm. And Kate's got very. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Button
1: flustered. Here. Yeah, very <laughs> it's flustered. Like a Victorian about time.
2: pressing the button to introduce herself on the show. I've but I think
3: a, you're completely misrepresenting the situation here, Luke. As is your want. Yeah. Um, what I think is that it's more atmospheric. It builds more to the crescendo of like introducing the ramble. If someone is like making the intro happen, yeah. and then someone else speaks over Does it,
2: make it. you feel special. No. Okay.
3: It gives the ramble listeners the special.
1: treatment they (laughs) they, they don't know do they they have no idea what's happening no idea at all they They expect it's probably quite simple I'd imagine (laughs) as it should
2: be as it is (laughs) as it very much is (laughs) yeah on the other hand Charlie's a producer should he be pressing the buttons great question he's he's been paying the bid bucks (laughs) Mm. he should be doing it
3: also I didn't expect you two to be that way around so that took me by surprise I
2: always sit here Mm. no as in in the answer oh okay I just go on the, what, what was written down Jim you went second fine yeah yeah absolutely fine don't lie there was a massive fight earlier by the way guys. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a it's like a, it's like it's a, a hierarchy thing it's like when um, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman were in um, that movie where they had to have exactly the same amount of um, words in the script sure. and th- their names had to be the same level on the poster otherwise neither of them would do it it's like that
3: amazing yeah. that is exactly what the yeah. ramble is like don't
2: they look so cool yeah. don't they both look <laughs> so fair, cool and impressive fair, you know that to be fair though Jim Steve McQueen and Paul
1: Newman are both quite a yeah, it's annoying, <laughs>
2: isn't it? Because if anything, that should yeah. that should damage their reputation, yeah, but it
1: hasn't. No, they really can do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly.
3: The way that um, Jim tried to kind of enhance his social standing within the context of the ramble this morning, of course, was to enforce on us the corridor of applause yeah. as you entered.
1: Well, there's only three times that's acceptable, if you ask me, which but. is whenever I enter a room. Yeah. Um the the game after you've won the league and just the game yeah. or when you've demanded to be subbed off in the 26th minute <laughs> in your final game for Chelsea. Yeah,
2: while we're in number 26. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that might be the worst thing that's ever happened in the Premier yeah, League. It's
2: one of the few things <laughs> was, the, so I think over the years the football round's <laughs> been quite good at drilling down on things that need the piss taken out of them in football, right? And we did do that with John Terry when he retired. I still now don't think we did enough. I think it should have been a twelve, a sh- twenty-six shows of Christmas <laughs> about that yeah. uh, on how ridiculous that was and looks now in retrospect. But on the um the uh, corridor of applause that, that Liverpool were afforded again last night, I think you both allude at least to a very very interesting point, which is I don't ever remember this happening so much. Mm. D- did, I mean, Jim, you remember this better than me when Arsenal went undefeated. They didn't get a, um, a
1: corridor of applause every game the
2: next season it was a, until
1: they lost a game. Well, it was a depressingly long time ago, but I don't yeah. remember it happening at all. It must have done, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember what, the, uh, so Kate, is what un- the rules are on is this. Is your understanding that it should be...
2: Well, it's not a rule, is it? No, okay, but no, it's a
1: courtesy. Yeah, the general consensus
2: is that it should be the game after they win the title and possibly their first home game for the, for usually for the crowd. No, yeah. Other than that, that's enough, right? That's
3: exactly mm. it. So maybe it's that they're trying to get to the stage where they've had enough corridors of applause mm. that they've effectively had as many people clap them in as they would have done if they'd had a full Anfield.
2: Okay, so maybe you give them a bit of a, you afford them a little bit of leeway because they've not got fans at games. But I mean, it's going to take a while to get up to that yeah. many people, isn't it? Yeah, because and also. <laughs> Fans are generally quite enthusiastic when their teams win the league. These other players aren't very enthusiastic at all. No. Like, a lot of people on Twitter have been in touch with us about this who suggested names for it. James Stewart on Twitter calls it the courtyard of consternation. <laughs> James uh, at JCSTU says uh, it should be called the funnel of faint praise. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's not really going over that well. And, and I just feel like if I were a player, I'd be a professional footballer. you would be very competitive. You'd want to win. It does. It set the right tone. They won mm. the league a while ago. Now they deserve all the credit in the world for doing it because they've been the best team by a mile. But it just gets a little bit full on after a while. Yeah. I think
1: they've got four games left. Is anyone going to have the nerve to not do it? If one team well, does do it, it'd be it. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, if Leicester just in the middle, he didn't bother. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think that would be awesome if someone did.
1: Well, they got Burnley next. Burnley will not Sean do Dice it. Do surely. That.
2: Only I do beats like birthday beats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember birthday beats? Yes. Yeah, you give them a kicking.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe throw them up in the air and catch them. Not catch them. Well, could it be? Yeah.
2: Could it be to blame for the two early goals? Perhaps. Yeah, I think it might have possibly. Been- yeah, the over the overwhelming evidence against that is that Liverpool are much better than Brighton. Yeah, but you Jim, I, 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 I you say possibly, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's a reasonable thing to say that it doesn't really get people
1: off on the right yeah, foot. you don't want to start a game by revering your opponents. <laughs> no, that's the last thing you want to do.
3: No, it's like a reverse hacker basically. Yeah, yeah, it's like prostrating yourself at the exactly. feet of your opponents and saying. You're much better than yeah. us. I don't know if anyone's noticed, yeah. but...
1: Yeah. It's so, it's really subservient, isn't it? It's I a strange so. thing.
2: Because the Roy Keane factor here is interesting because, as I said at the time, when Man City uh, gave him the, the, the corridor of applause, um, Roy Keane said, look, respect to earn respect, you've got to give respect. So I, I am in favour of it. And I thought he would be against it. Mm. I think by now, Keane
1: has got to be against it by now, surely. Yeah. It's too much now, too much. I'd love to know what the the criteria of his standards for earning respect. I change I reckon, like a 100 point plan. They change like the stock
2: market I reckon. <laughs> like fluctuate all the time. Like you can't keep up with it. You have yeah. no idea what you're doing wrong, but you're always doing something wrong. But anyway, so Brighton did rally a bit, didn't they, to get back into the game and stuff, but I mean ultimately yeah. it's it's one of those it was a, it was a you know, it was a dead rubber really, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. And uh as you say, those two early goals were a little bit of a, a letdown, really, because once they they played yeah. some good stuff later on, didn't they? And that kind of Davy proper cock... It was a proper cock-up for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the six-minute goal. He just sort of lost it as they were trying to play out from the back. And yeah. you don't and want to be doing that in front of Navi Kata, or li-
2: anyone from Liverpool, pretty much. Mm. That was a really good example of like how Klopp wants his team to play. And you can sometimes forget that, because when, when, when it kind of just washes over you how good Liverpool have been all season, you don't necessarily think that... The the big thing that that Klopp wants them to do is push really hard, press high up the pitch, and that yeah. was an amazing example of that. And it was a bit like Brighton were very much dealing with that like a team who had just been ordered to applaud their opponents, yeah. and they were like, "Are we? Is it? Is it? Is it respectful to to keep the ball away from them? We don't yeah. really know what the, where, where the line is now. So they, they just got caught out twice in 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 eight minutes, and yeah. you
1: just thought, Jordan mm, Henderson's. Jordan is a captain, so he gets a free shot, yeah. right? He just gets like a free sight. Ah, oh, it's gone in. And it's he, fine because he normally puts it over the ball. Oh, yeah, scores. <laughs> he yeah.
3: really did though, didn't he? He had so much time that he could really like mm. rifle that one home, mm. which was yeah. lovely to watch. But again, yeah. we don't necessarily, even though it is, as you say, pretty much a dead rubber leak, you don't necessarily expect it to be an exhibition of Liverpool's talents.
1: Yeah. Although uh, uh,
3: although that is polite, the I
1: guess. <laughs> Very polite. At the beginning. That's yeah.
2: what's on the poster.
1: Come to Brighton <laughs> for an exhibition <laughs> of Liverpool's talents.
2: Also, Brighton will be there for a bit. Yeah, that's what it said.
1: <laughs> well, it's a seaside yeah. town with a lot of, you know, a lot of amusements and attractions. So maybe that was that was what it was billed as. But, um, <laughs> oh, but yeah. a shocking July day, wasn't it? Oh down, God, yeah. yeah.
3: On that note, let's go to Manchester, shall we?
2: Yeah, mm. like Newcastle did in body, if not in mind. Bless them. Yeah, it was. It was a difficult afternoon. It felt like you... I mean, because obviously there's no fans there, so I can imagine that it was, it was almost a bit like a glorified training session, attack versus defence yeah. for Man City. Man City had fewer shots against Newcastle than they did against Southampton, a game which they lost, <laughs> and they won
1: 5-0. Well, Newcastle did not sort of um, have the same approach to, to the game that Southampton did, and that was actually really obvious from from the off. Obviously, you know, depending on the mood city you're in and if you're playing them home or away or not, it's going to make a difference. But like, it, it almost felt like watching a really kind of rich man uh, kind of shooting gallery, determined to like win the giant teddy bear, and he can just keep shooting all day because yeah. he's got all the money. It doesn't matter; got we
2: just buy all the tickets. Two pockets for the tokens nothing else on that yeah. day. You yeah, carry on. This Just is inevitable. On.
3: Speaking about showing respect, I feel like Newcastle showed Manchester City a lot of respect in their yeah. own box, didn't they? Absolutely, they're really, they're really, like standing off them. Like, take the your time. In the box. Yeah, yeah extraordinary. it's catching
2: on. And I, th- and I think Danny Rose should realise that actually, what's based on the Sheffield United performance, that he could very much still do that job at Spurs. <laughs> if want to he to. should have gone for all that upheaval because it would have been Duriga in, uh, in, in 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 North London as well. Can I? Can I? Ask a potentially controversial point. I don't think it's something we. I don't think it's something we've talked about on this show that I can remember, and I'd be interested to get your guys' thoughts on it. Is the amount of is is the Man- current Manchester City points total, despite the fact they've just won five nil? Um, is the current Manchester City like points like sixty nine points from thirty four games based on the players and the manager and the money they've got? That is a fairly poor return, isn't it? Nine games they've lost this season. They've lost more games than mm. Manchester United. And uh, they lost more games than Wolves, more games than Arsenal in the league this season. It, it's going under the radar a bit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it is. But well, I wonder if it's um, symptomatic of how difficult it is to main, maintain those standards for such a long time. Though We often talk about how difficult it is to retain a league. But to retain a league twice, obviously, is, uh, is particularly tough. That's a drop-off in the half. Though. Oh, it's a huge, huge drop-off. You know what? I was, I was thinking this as I was watching the game, the third goal, which was actually an own goal from Newcastle.
3: Beautiful bloody own what goal, wasn't it? Wow, we should actually have some sort of, you know, own goals, faves poll. Yeah. I was like the one when England women lost against Japan. It was absolutely stuck in from pretty much the halfway line.
2: They're the be- the, the oh, best ever God. one is, have you seen the one of the guy who goes to hook the ball away at the far post? It's, it's probably eighties or nineties, in the lower leagues goes to hook the ball away in the far post, right? <laughs> Kicks the ball into his own face, breaks <laughs> his nose, and it goes in the bottom yeah, corner. That uh, is
1: the best. It is magnificent. We should share that on social media. You if love people seen yeah.
2: injuries, don't you? Little that more... one.
1: Have you seen? Do you know? What I the haven't he's talking seen it. No. It, is, it is iconic. <laughs> it is honestly amazing. I, I
2: just think if you're not someone who enjoys the fact that someone's broken their own nose with a football, and you can't, what enjoyment can you get
1: out of yeah. life? That's what I would say. <laughs> that guy has the music from Curb Your Enthusiasm playing yeah. in his head all the <laughs> wherever time. Wherever he goes, so that, yeah. That. That. Yeah. but yeah so the third goal the own goal <laughs> he's thinking well, I don't even know what this is what is this it's not been
2: invented yet this is
1: a jaunty tune <laughs> um, but yeah the third goal uh, the, uh, which like was almost an own goal twice because it deflected <sighs> off a of deflection yeah I think. it did, yeah. Yeah. Right, it did. Um, really lovely curl on it yeah, yeah. People talk about the game being played at a stroll sometimes. Oh, it was. But, it, but it, with that goal in particular, and, and points throughout the game, City were strolling about. And Newcastle were too sort of scared to get into it. I know they've got to keep their shape. I know you've got to, it's an absolute nightmare playing City. But I think a lot of teams are getting beaten by them in their own heads before they actually play the game. Really. And they I shouldn't think, be, because they yeah. lost nine already. Well, yeah, yeah team, exactly. Right? exactly. They're beatable, hmm. and a lot of teams aren't sort of approaching it as if it's a game they can get anything out of but Jim is there
2: is there is the age old um I'm going to use the phrase uh, on the beach is the age old on the beach thing reared its head with Newcastle who've now got 43 points no realistic prospect of finishing any higher than at a push kind of probably 11th uh, and they won't finish any lower than whatever it is it can um, absolutely 14th be that, yeah. it's just i mean what when you, when you watched i watched the highlights because as you guys know um you made me watch west ham burnley so i uh, i didn't see this game live i watched the highlights and I, and I did think to myself when i saw foden miss a couple of those chances just thought what's the point what's the point of this mm. what i mean because yesterday i think you jim you were talking yesterday on the show about how you think the standard has the people have settled into their rhythm a bit more mm-hmm. now do you regret that? Haven't watched what you watched at Man City last night? They won five nil. No, oh, Newcastle! Oh, yeah. Newcastle!
1: <laughs> you, you know what? Actually, because of, you know, there is a, an argument that Newcastle players are on the beach. Maybe it's muscle memory. Maybe their bodies are going. I'd, I'd be on a beach now yeah. normally. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just yeah. going to get into that mode. There must be a mistake going on here. Yeah. But I, you know, they're players that are potentially playing for their futures, given the whole takeover thing. And the same is true of Steve Bruce as well. So it's pretty. Pretty slack if they have gone into it with that attitude. But then it's, you know, the golfing quality is obviously pretty massive. And, you know, they do struggle for goals, really, in Newcastle. Although, you know, it gets me better since the restart. But I don't know. Yeah, it was all just uh, it was all just a bit unedifying. Yeah. If it, if it didn't feel like a proper game, and that's all I can say about mm. it, really. That's right. It felt like a training game.
3: Yeah, it really did. One of the... I actually watched bits of it with the sound, the crowd, the fake crowd sound off. But mm. when the fake crowd sound was on... We've actually had an email about this. All right, yeah, from Craig Norton. Thanks, Craig. Um, he said the sound guys for the crowd noise is are becoming a, a commentator of sorts. Kevin De Bruyne ran into a crowd of Newcastle players and had his path blocked. The referee says no foul, but the crowd noise gives a big shout of disapproval mm. and. Beautifully well timed. Yeah, so, so yeah,
2: nice spot, Craig. So the, the the crowd noise person is essentially now becoming a curator of the of the flow of the match. Basically. Yeah, well, you've so got he, to be, he, haven't you? Like, he's obviously not influencing the game because the game they can't hit that in the game. But for the viewing public, it probably is a um, it is a big a big change. Director I, of vibes. Yeah, because there was there was what <laughs> yeah, like Bez, the the Bez <laughs> of like the Bez of Premier League football. But there, but there is there is a. I started off liking the crowd noise mm. and now I've kind of stopped liking it because it's it feels with that kind of thing. And when, and when like a, ch- a chance goes wide, it's almost like Martin Keogh's on the button. It takes like 10 seconds to get what's happening. Yeah, like with
3: the Phil Foden. And it, and exactly. The Phil yeah. Foden
2: was a great example. And, and it comes along so much later, it just feels like really jarring. So I prefer to, uh, to, to have it off now.
3: Yeah, I suppose you could fall into a routine with it. When I moved out to, to Doha, I really, really initially enjoyed the... Uh, Arabic commentary. I used to listen right. to things with Arabic commentary. But the style of Arabic commentary is very different to the style of English commentary. Right. So I hope I'm not being disrespectful to say, but the, the style is not so much let's provide useful, like useful information around this, right. which is not always the style of English commentary either. But I think that's what it aims to be. Arabic commentary is more about atmosphere. Yeah. So it would just be like, more like a kind of Italian thing. They'll just be like shouting, like, goal, 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 goal. Or just the name of the player. Messi, 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 Messi. Like for the entire half.
2: Is that because I don't have as much of a tradition of watching football so they want to get people excited about it?
3: I don't know. But it's, it's, uh, yeah, I guess it does ramp up the excitement but it's not so good for you like sitting on the sofa.
2: I would prefer that to, I mean, I know Jim is probably going to leap to his defence at some point when I hit the threshold but um, I I would prefer that to Martin Keown. Oh,
3: I I actually really like Martin Keown.
2: I'm sure he's a lovely fella, but he has a he has a very consistent way of not knowing what's happening, <laughs> which I think which I think is is
1: something that's important for a commentator. At least you agree with that, Jim. What to know what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it is a definite prerequisite that maybe needs addressing. But I do quite like the idea of this hype man thing. Yes, yeah. that's maybe exactly what it is. Get one of each. Yeah, like if you get like I don't um, know, isn't
2: that just fan zone
1: though? Like Well,
2: said so people not if you if you put it
1: with a professional as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, We've got a sort of gentle version of it with John Champion and, and Ali McCoyst. Uh, they're great. Yeah. I'd have them on every game.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every game. But the research is very. The thing about John Champion and Ali McCoyst, and Mark is a huge proponent of them, is that because they don't work together very often, they get a lot of time to research. Mm. So they're dropping in trivia, fact bombs. Yeah. If they were doing every game, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of admin.
1: It, it's like the trip. Yeah. It is a bit. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. It, whoever, you know, if you're listening and you run a TV company, you're missing a trick. Put them on as much as you can. Give yeah. them whatever they need in terms of research. Yeah.
3: And if you are listening, hopefully you guys yeah. are, yeah. Um, to the Football Ramble, like Craig, send us an email. Yeah. Show at footballrambledaily.com. Yes. Let's go to the London Stadium.
2: Yeah, I don't really want all my hard fought um, slogging to be in vain. So I'm pleased we are actually going to cover it. Yes, thank you. We're paying homage to your hard fought slogging yeah. to give people a little glimpse really? behind the curtain. On the WhatsApp group last night, I just got a message from Kate saying, "Luke, you're doing West Ham Burnley." So <laughs> all right, thanks. And to be fair, to be absolutely fair, it wasn't that bad. I think no, it, I think, I
3: mean, from sounds like
2: it, it's quite a lot of talking points. I have, I had, I think we can all agree, I had reason to be. Kind of skeptical about Mm -hmm. spending two hours of my time on this, but it wasn't without merit. And I think that's the most we can ask for. When I mean, the the problem is, Jim, and you can come in on this David Moyes just looks mad. He just looks mad now. Mm. Like, he's got, he's not had his hair (laughs) cut, it's it's getting, it's wet there. So he's getting, it just looks, he just looks. Incredibly challenging to look at these hmm. days. Well,
1: his true form is coming out, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it probably is actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's
2: someone's taken the, the portrait out of the, the attic, <laughs> and it's all coming it's all, it's all to <laughs> finally you know, a yeah. reference I yeah. can get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. But, but there wasn't there was enough to enjoy. But the game was a lovely goal by Jay Rodriguez, fantastic header. Mm. Um, keeper couldn't couldn't get near it really, and. Um, and and Sebastian Haller came on and we scored with his first touch or his first one of his first touches. And, and and the reason he didn't is because Nick Pope played, who was absolutely outstanding, and who is um yeah, he's gotta be in the conversation for England goalkeepers. I know we're not yeah. really talking about England much at the moment, but but he was brilliant. If you bear in mind that West Ham were sort of fighting for their lives at the moment, I think they'll be okay, but they were fighting for their lives. They had over 20 shots mm-hmm. and they didn't score. Um, and so it was. It was a really good rear guard performance from from Burnley in a kind of last ditch way. One of the things that could have changed it is the challenge that James Tarkovsky put in on I think Jared Bowen. Was it yeah, Jared it Bowen? I think German. it was. Yeah. And um, for Arsenal fans among us, um, witnessing what happened to Eddie Nketiah, you would be forgiven for feeling a bit hard done by that he didn't walk for that because. It looked a very, very difficult challenge. It, uh, I mean, it was it was pretty full on.
1: It did, and he also he held his hands up straight away, didn't he? So it's not yeah. like it's one of those things that's just been missed, and I don't really know what the reason was for them not checking so, so, it. But... So I,
2: I was I was reading it, and obviously we've been doing football shows for a long time, and you, but the laws change all the time, obviously, and the yeah. laws now I feel like they're as more unclear than they've ever been, mm. and there was I don't know if this is relevant, but it's how. Partly how the referee saw the incident in the first place, which means that VAR gets involved in a slightly different way. But it's also, if you lunge, if you lunge and out of control and danger an opponent, one of the laws, I think it might be law 12, says it doesn't matter if you intended it or not yeah. because you go. Yeah. If, if you didn't lunge then the referee has to kind of judge whether you intended it or not. And I'm not saying that's definitely what happened because, of course, we never hear from referees. We don't know. Yeah. But I feel like that might be the reason that Tarkovsky got away with a yellow. If he was sent off, I think it could have been different because West Ham spent the majority of the second half on the offensive yeah. and were very unlucky to not score. So, mm. and Nick, they've barely got Nick Pope to thank for that. And finally on that... 14 clean sheets for Bowen this season. I think that's more than any other team. Nick Pope's got more clean sheets than any other goalkeeper, I think.
3: And when you see things like Jordan Pickford in, in the Everton-Tottenham game, sort of nearly fumbling it into his own goal, you, you, I
2: do agree with you on the order. England
3: thing. never feel safe thing.
1: with Jordan Pickford no. in goal. And it's, been, it's felt like that for too long, hasn't it? Yeah. I think it's felt like that for too long for it to be a sort of uh, part of his kind of learning process. It's just a, a kind of facet of his character. But I, I would say, going back to the Tarkovsky thing, for both of you, really, I feel like Regardless of whatever the reason is, or you know, you know, regardless of you know, it's because of how the referee sort of reacted to it at the times. Do you not think, like, if that's not a red, then the system that judges these things is wrong?
3: Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, yes, it looked almost exactly the same as many other red cards in the yeah. last two it's, days, let
1: alone. It's, it's weird um, that some t- of them should circumstantially just not mm. be picked up.
3: But just on VAR, they were the as I understand it, not to as we wouldn't want to mislead. our... Mm no more listeners oh they
2: used to be a mislead don't worry about that
3: okay it's as I understand it every, every major incident is checked so I guess there they were applying. even if we don't know about it even if mm. it's not on in this stadium I mean who who's that going to help there's no one there yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean it's being looked at so that's even more baffling in a sense because mm. you've had several referees Chances. looking at it and thinking it, yeah. in that instance
2: it's a clear and obvious do you remember that Abameyang one for Arsenal was it last season or earlier this season where he goes over the top of the ball and gets sent off. And you, and you think, okay, he's gone over the top of the ball, the studs are up, you can see why that happens. But it feels like it, what they're kind of admitting is that every instant is, in and of itself, completely separate and completely yes. original, completely different. And so like a, new, a new set of parameters has to be applied every time. And that I wonder if that's the most helpful thing, basically.
3: That's exactly the issue we had with the Lucas Moura uh, handball. Hand oh, yeah. The Harry yeah. Kane disallowed yeah. Sheffield
2: United. Yeah, that pissed me off at the time. Did it? Yeah. It's just It's just bollocks what they do into the game with that bollocks I said it at the time I don't need to say it the yet. game's gone isn't it Yes, yeah, has gone hell in a handcart man. I don't even know what we David Moyes is carrying the handcart <laughs> that we're all in you couldn't make it up he's going to take us across the threshold into the world of the dead mm. <coughs> Kate I'm looking at you move it on <laughs>
3: Oh, uh, someone who's not in the world of the dead. Just briefly before we go to a break, is Chris Wilder, who at uh, Bramall Lane pulled his calf, celebrating the injury time winner mm. for Sheffield United against Wolves. Um, I
2: love that because it's, yeah. it's ultimately, and I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to make any friends at Sheffield United for saying this. <laughs> It is still quite an inconsequential goal, but he's, he's celebrated so much he's pulled a leg. It's yeah. great.
3: Sheffield United could be going into Europe,
2: yeah. Luke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're
3: not going to make many friends at Bramall Lane with that kind of chat. And if you consider, the other day, on Tuesday, when we were talking about um, Carlo Ancelotti and Jose Mourinho meeting on the touchline, the last time they met was in the Champions League last 16 and they had, you know, titles and silverware yeah. coming out of their ears. Mm. The, first t- the last time that these two sides met, they were both in League One. So... Oh, it's amazing. Put it in that context, you know, yeah. I'm not saying... Obviously stretch before you celebrate, perhaps, if you're Chris Wilder, but I
2: I applaud the the, impulse. My my rationale very, very quickly is just that they need to pick up a good amount of points, realistically, between now and the end of the season. Um, They've played Chelsea next, they've got Leicester away, they play played Everton, they play played Southampton. All those teams have shown something. It's hard for them to pick up a lot of points in those four games, I think. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong.
1: All the more reason to celebrate, isn't it? It's a good platform to build on yeah right, fair enough
2: you're cynic fair enough like, they'll, they'll be fine they'll get, they'll get Europa League what about that how about that great and I'll, and I'll love it I'll absolutely love it Kate
3: your cynicism has no place here huh?
2: don't shake your head on there people can't hear it <laughs> <laughs> right I'm going to work on that in the break which
3: is now All right, welcome back to the Football Ramble. Looking, Lincoln... no, you're not Pete.
1: <laughs> I can try and be Pete if you like. Oh, tech. <laughs> <laughs> Weird <laughs> Japanese food. <laughs> Someone sent me some dog meat and I'm just eating it. <laughs> That actually sort of happened once yeah. when we were um, recording. In uh, was it? It's XFA Jim, by the time? way, guys. <laughs> for, for those who don't, who obviously can't see, which is everyone. Jim's waving his hands around like Pete always does. That like, does Pete do that? He does a bit. I don't know. Maybe sort of. He doesn't sound like that though. You know, well, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do an impression of Pete. I'll have to go away and work on that.
3: Tell us about the dog meat.
1: Well, I don't know if it was dog meat, but he um, I don't there think was, it was a time where we were recording in uh, somewhere else where where uh, where Pete worked, and he um, he was eating this bag of. It was some sort of meat, but he didn't know what it was because um, the packaging sent- wasn't English. And he was talking about how weird it was that someone had sent him that it sent while, him while he was by eating a it.
2: Yeah. Oh sent right. By a listener,
3: yeah. Is this the same as the steak that got sent to him, or is that a separate thing? Not separate, sure. I think. Not sure. Yeah. Oh, right.
2: Although, although, speaking of steak, I once went for breakfast with Pete before we played football together. And I had scrambled eggs on toast because uh, we were playing football. He had steak tartare. <laughs> it's just horrifying. And good then, man. And Absolutely then was uh, horrifying. violently sick after the game. So, oh, right. Yeah, good I was you.
3: thinking that's quite Muhammad Ali. Perhaps he was just trying to.
2: Yeah. yeah He's famous.
3: I mean, different. He used to have, what was it, like six steaks and 14 eggs every I'm, breakfast.
2: I'm doing a lot of work mentally here to try and compare Pete <laughs> Dance to Muhammad Ali for a lot of reasons. Jim, is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: Not really an awful lot in common, if you don't mind me saying.
1: <laughs> Looks like, like a maniac stings like a maniac. Yeah. Best I can do, really. Yeah, doesn't really let his
2: hands go either. Yeah.
1: Well, although at least his hands are normal size, Kate.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, mate! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Luke said, "Oh, Kate, I'm going to take the piss out of you so much today, and it's only just started, so I'm quite yeah. nervous." Yeah. Um, on the subject of culinary skill or lack thereof, or or choices for breakfast, um. We're going to have a little jaunt over to to the States now, I think, because um, MLS is back in the MLS is back cup. That's how they've titled it. Nice. Does what it says on the tin. I mean, Mm. that's to be applauded. Um, 54 games in Orlando, Florida. Should probably point out that, yeah, that Florida is basically the one of the epicenters of, of coronavirus at the moment, kind of new daily record cases keep mm. coming. So it's, it seems like a slightly unusual choice, but the idea is that they are all in Disney World together and no one goes anywhere and everyone's kind of segregated and they're going to just play all of these games of football and and decide who's won the MLS. Carlos Vela, who's the league's reigning MVP, he's withdrawn, but his his wife is pregnant. It, it's not, you know, we don't think it's a kind of protest. Mm. Um but the, the, sorry, the food reference is that uh, Omar Gonzalez, the Toronto FC defender tweeted this picture of something that looked like it was at of Fire
2: festival, a sort of sandwich box. It's crazy to get a reminder of Fire festival. Yeah, uh, that was oh. a mad thing. That feels like almost unbelievably quaint now. It does. I mean, obviously it was quite traumatic for a, lot, a large number of people but the documentary was magnificent and yeah. it, it, I just I, w- I just completely forgotten it had happened and then, then I remember that Jarrell was involved mm. oh my goodness and I think if, if MLS were going to bring football back which they obviously are attempting to do and they have done because there was, there was a game last night to be compared to fire Festival is probably not what they were after <laughs> no
1: it's not and ideal it, and
2: it made me think Jim of um, this is not just food this is MLS food <laughs>
1: Very good. <laughs> uh, that's what I want to think. That was a big build-up, but there you go. Yeah, worth it. Absolutely yeah. worth it. Yeah, but if you've not seen the images of it, it is like a really sort of very, very basic sandwich and a banana. That was, oh, my God. Um, uh, he said it was... Uh, he said it cost something like $65, was it? But didn't it turn out that he was actually in Toronto when this happened? And so there's a little, a little bit of kind of weirdness happening.
2: Debunk so, this, Jim. Come so on. It's not clear whether the food itself... Um, is being provided by the the place they're in to play football again. There's there's been talk that the food was delivered before they went to mm. Orlando, and it was as Jim says, it was in Toronto. But as you alluded to, Kate, it does seem a very very strange decision to make to bring this bring this back when they're in such a middle of middle of such. A, it's not just Florida. I mean, FC Dallas have gone home because yeah. Dallas in Texas is another place where they've had a really bad problem with the virus and. It it just seems a little bit surreal that these players. I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips came out and said, obviously he's you know come towards the end of his career now and he's playing for LAFC and ex um, ex Red Bulls, of course. He came out and said, um, "This is it's a bit weird." I mean, I just I just sit in my hotel room playing Call of Duty and I go and play or train and I go back again. I don't see anyone and I'm not yeah. going to able to go to um, associate with any other human beings I'm not and. I think what they're doing is they're trying. My amateur, admittedly amateur assessment of this is that they've seen what's happened in Germany and Spain and Italy and and obviously in England Mm. and said, if we employ this kind of bubble situation, we can make this happen. Yeah. It doesn't look like it can happen because um, of several reasons. One, the US is massive. One, it's got the biggest cases of, of, of COVID anywhere in the, pretty much anywhere in the developed world. So, very, very difficult situation there. And I can completely understand, as I can. By the way, any player in Europe not wanting to do it and not wanting to play. And so I wonder what the integrity of the competition is going to be like um, going forward.
3: Yeah, you mentioned looking at how things have worked in Europe. And I wonder also um, if much like, you know, the Bundesliga obviously started a long time before other leagues in Europe did. Perhaps the smallest football league in Europe, you know, the MLS is back, but none of the other actual, you know, soccer is not as big in the States let's face mm. it as it is anywhere in the world pretty much um, so it looks a tiny bit as though they're trying to like seize the advantage and get ahead of before the NBA gets back before yeah. well, American football is being played I was
2: reading this morning that um, if, if, it, if things don't improve with MLS and, and, and carry on through to NBA, who are also in the same place, then the NFL isn't going to start, and the NFL is massive in the obviously in the US, and so they may be using it as a little bit of a litmus test. But Bundesliga guy Christian Seifert, uh, I think his name is, um, said he made it clear. He said, look, when the, when the Bundesliga came back for the first week, he said. We know the eyes of the world are on us here. We, we, it's a test for us every single week. And just because we've done a successful first weekend doesn't mean we're going to have a successful mm. second one. We've got to keep working. And and, and if it was tremendously important the Bundesliga got it right because it showed a pathway for other countries to be able to do it. But you have to be in a certain position in terms of your country's um, response to the, to the virus clearly before you can do it. So I, I read about it this morning in The Athletic. It was a brilliant article in there um, about what's happening, written by um, Paul Tenorio and Sam Steggill. And I, I would implore anyone to read it. It's fascinating what's happening. Um, it doesn't seem like it's the brightest situation imaginable. But I wish health and
1: safety to everyone there. I'd really do. It's, I mean, there's been a lot of surreal things that have happened throughout the coronavirus situation. But like being locked away in in a theme park, effectively, <laughs> it's just it's so strange. It's quite isn't dystopian, it? So, isn't it? It is dystopian as well because actually, obviously. <laughs> You know, that sounds quite fun on the on the top level, doesn't it? But i I'm sure they're not all kind of like riding around on roller coasters and stuff like that. And as Bradley Wright Phillips says, he's just in his room playing Call of Duty. And the whole thing I, I, I kind of really feel for everyone involved in it. It just must mm. I mean it's a horrible situation to find yourself in anyway, even if you're stuck at home. But to be in an unfamiliar surrounding like that mm. just such a shame.
3: With so many people, yeah, as you say, testing positive. Um, we haven't even mentioned a 97th minute winner for Nani. Mm, yeah. No, and actually in that, but we are going to mention in that get game, um clearly over here, you know, in the Premier League, people are continuing to take a knee mm. um, indefinitely, it seems like, which is a really interesting and kind of useful way, I think, of, of using football to convey a message. Mm. Um, and, and so overnight in that game between Orlando City and into Miami, um, some players were wearing T-shirts that said black and proud. Some silence is violence, which is kind of an interesting uh, yeah, that, uh, concept mm-hmm. and, and a really stark image. And they took a knee for eight minutes, 46 seconds, um, which is the period of time during which George Floyd was knelt on uh, until he died. So kind of extraordinary scene really and mm. and, and quite
2: beautiful but um, it's it's the first it's the first um f- sort of sporting reference from within the u.s that we've seen since this happened so it's obviously going to be tremendously powerful of course these things translate across to other countries and there's been a lot of solidarity shown around the world for this which is heartening to see but this is the first time i've seen um uh how a sporting event would respond to what's happened. And it was incredibly powerful. I mean, and and I know it sounds like a, you know, perhaps even like a a pretty basic thing to say, but eight minutes, 46 seconds is a long time. When you count it out, it is a long time. And what, what kind of resulted was an incredibly powerful scene, Uh, incredibly powerful. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's, it's interesting to see how this movement will continue um, when it becomes harder to continue it, if you know what I mean. Hopefully, hopefully it will sustain.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same when watching the start of the cricket yesterday and you know, that one minute does it does seem long. So yeah, yeah, it's people start a little bit shuffling towards the end of it. So
2: to hold it onto it for that long, it's, it's just... amazing. And then by the way, in the cricket, England then lost the wicket straight away and it, then it got rained and then it rained. So things were going back to normal. I wonder if Danny Welbeck's overhead kick is starting to right the universe again.
3: Mm. Ah, is that what it was for?
2: Because he's such a nice fella, yeah, and it's a great thing to see. If, if, uh, particularly the gym. I know Jim's a fan of, of that guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, that guy Welbeck.
2: If 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 I said to you, Danny Welbeck, who would you like? Someone to, would you like someone to score an overhead kick in a neutral situation? Welbeck would be up there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So mean, maybe it, it he's, he's, uh, the first, If if I was given a selection of names and he was on the platter, then yeah. I'd, I'd probably gravitate towards it. Uh, unless it was you know any Arsenal player, obviously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'd rather you would rather Welbeck score an overhead kick in a neutral situation than. It's God around Mustafi. Mm, it,
1: on, Surely. It, on, on the international stage, absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although it would be more
3: unlikely for Mustafi to do it. So maybe that would have the, yeah. the benefit of
1: yeah. entertainment.
2: I mean, he's more likely to be overhead kicked, as we saw. Yes. With the stud marks in his head.
3: Right, let's drop into Spain for the what was called the biggest ever, question mark, biggest ever, Catalan derby. Barcelona mm. 1, Espanyol nil. Barcelona win to keep pressure on uh, Real Madrid at the top of La Liga it's kind of apologetic
2: pressure isn't it we are still very much going to keep up appearances although we know the writing is on the wall yeah
3: yeah, hence all of the kind of chat about how hard it's all been. There's, some, there's some
2: mad stuff broke, um, I think, last night or this morning about um, about Messi as well. I have read an article about that earlier. It's not him going to Arsenal again, is no, it? No, <laughs> Saying that like, um, he's, he's fed up of getting there. Uh, he's fed up of all the euphemistic conversations that happen in the press about, in quotes, senior pros, yeah. always meaning him, yeah. kind of criticising. And, and what happened was he got caught. Don't think it was in the Espanyol game. Might have been, actually. He might have been the game before. At the drinks break, uh, Kike Setien was given a little Impromptu tactic talk as they do just to piss off Gary Neville. Yeah. And um, Lana Messi wasn't involved. He was just like staring somewhere else. And a uh, lot's been made of that apparently. So.
3: Well, it's all this stuff about the contract as well, isn't it? Because. Do
2: you know what, I'd probably love, what i bloody love, Kate? I would bloody love Messi to go to Juventus and play on the same team as Ronaldo. Oh, imagine it. <sighs> I
3: don't think. It'd be like
2: Avengers Assemble. What's it it called? would, it End would game. be like that. Yeah. yeah. It would. it they can't afford that I don't think but it'd be amazing no. no I don't think anyone could afford it surely has he done what Rivaldo did famously when he wanted to leave Barcelona where he priced himself out of every club on the planet <laughs> and then got pissed off yeah it's like yeah, but your wage demands are so high that, that it's almost like you've, you've transcended the currency so mm. no one will buy you so get over it that might be what happens <laughs> yeah perhaps. it could be but anyway aspen you all got relegated so that's probably the main story isn't it yeah <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> but... but not not just relegated relegated by Luis suarez oh, that's the worst. it's like your school bully repossessing your house
2: yeah it is would you rather be relegated by louis suarez or john terry
1: <sighs> john terry's not gonna bite me Or carlos tevez but then louis suarez would probably you know leave my theoretical girlfriend alone. I'll tell you what's going to happen, Jim.
2: i am tell you what's going to happen. Luis Suarez scores the goal that sends you down. He's 100% rubbing it in your face. Mm. Probably afterwards as well. John Terry will do that kind of faux modesty thing where he'll just be arrogantly kind of stroll off. What you worried about is what I do. And it depends what you would prefer.
1: I think still Suarez. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, just like the, my gut reaction... Yeah, is, fair enough. It, uh, you, I've ru- you've ruined my day, Yeah. right, yeah, firstly. yeah, Just f- make him even think about that. Yeah, but Suarez enough. is what I've lent towards.
2: Yeah, oh, fair enough. I, I, I mean, it is disappointing for Espanyol, who have been a, a kind of a fixture in the top flight for many a year, yeah. haven't they?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's only one season out of the top flight wow. since 1928.
2: So would it be time for Mauricio Pochettino to ride over there and know. save the day? He can't save the day now, it's gone, but bring him back again, I mean.
3: I mean, it's, it's he- quite poetic. It would only be poetic, I guess, if he were to bring them back and then make them win the league ahead of or at least
2: finish above Barcelona or he could take them right up there moan a bit about not having enough players and then uh, unceremoniously leave mm. after a big European defeat
1: yeah have loads of opportunities to um, go quite far in the cup competitions not but bother. decide that like winning cups is sort of beneath him <laughs> <laughs> could yeah. do that couldn't he
2: he's talking about Southampton he's about Southampton <laughs> I've yeah. left. Yeah. Kate Mason's left the chat. <laughs> um, you, you hurt but Pochettino, you hurt me. There are a couple of, um, yeah, as you said, a couple of naughty um, red cards in that game. Very well.
3: naughty incident. Yeah. Or would we say, as it turned out
2: uh, in a James Tarkovsky challenge, not a big deal at not bothered, all? Yeah. What's the, what's the issue? Why, I've, why I've, the two red cards? I've got a big test for Jim Campbell here, mm-hmm. if, if my colleague of many a year standing. Tell me, because I wrote this down and I reckon you did too. Was there anything
1: weird about the red cards? They're orange. Yeah, it's an orange <laughs> card. That's yeah, what I always The first thing I saw. The red card the referee had in his the, pocket was fucking orange. they got a little picture on them as well. The
2: player is well within his rights of saying, I don't know what that means. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what, I can stay on for 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah well,
2: oh, it was, could be that new system. The kind yeah. of red card for a bit. Well, yeah, like like in rugby. Yeah, I'll
1: be it, given a don't do it again card. In both cases... Um, they yeah. were yellows upgraded to a red, so yeah. perhaps Ooh. that is what that is. So they do do simbinning in, in, some,
2: in some non-league levels in this country. Yeah. now. My friend's a non-league ref, and he's and, and the league he referees in, which I forget, does have a ten-minute simbin that he's used a few times this season. I think so. it's
3: quite a good idea, to be honest. It's especially good for that like non-double jeopardy of the penalty plus the red card. Yeah, yeah. they've changed that though.
2: Yes, yeah, they have changed that to an extent. So that, I think that's worked. To be fair, that's actually worked quite well. Whoa, was that praise for refereeing? I think that's worked quite. I've I, I no problem with referees. I have problems with the with the parameters they're asked to referee under. That's that's the problem. Mm. But yeah, two red cards in that game. But the main orange takeaway cards. was um, that they were orange, and and <laughs> I think I think Ansu Fati of Barcelona, having been presented with the orange card. Might have a legal case to not ser- ser- uh, to not serve a suspension because yeah. um, I think he could f- legitimately say he wasn't sure what yeah. on his card. But he's only that, is,
1: that is a rouged yellow at best. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's a picture on it. Why is there a picture on well, it? Was there a picture on it? There's a as a well. little, I don't know what it, what it's of. I couldn't quite make it. out. No, because the referees sometimes write the names of the players on the cards. Mm. They know <laughs> don't know
2: booked. who you are. No, because in case they've already been booked. Right. But that's how that only really worked for a year. Yeah, or
3: if he was planning to go on an absolute because that was only in the fiftieth minute, the Atufati mm. one, and then the next one came in the fifty-third minute, so perhaps he was just planning to go on a massive tear and he needed to make sure he <laughs> yeah. knew exactly who he'd given all the red cards to. <laughs>
2: yeah. Maybe on, he was on, planning it. to run out. Yeah, could be. You never know. I mean mm. just get a red, I mean, I just feel like it should be a basic requirement. You know, have a red card. Where's he bought that from? <laughs> you know, if he's buying it from like a referee's apparel shop, it should be red.
1: Take it out of his hands if this is what's happening.
2: Do you remember when they had round circle ones? Yes. So, th- Was Kate,
1: that for colourblind people. No, it was, was it- I think
2: it was because, so it was so the referee didn't pull the wrong card out of his pocket. Nice, right. So he yeah. could fit it in his pocket and the circle one would be red. And and, and I feel like that at that time, I feel like that should there should have been more made of that. Yeah. Like the referee, there should have been some kind of press release. By the way, from now on, the red cards will be round.
3: Or or like just, when he gave it, gives it out, he has to put it over his, his eye
2: like a monocle. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that, um, like that guy with the hook. Yeah. he yeah. through it all the time. <laughs> anyway, I tell you what else got sent off at the um last night. Oh yeah, and it was probably the standout red card of a packed showcase of red cards was um, Derby's Louis Sibley. Mm. Oh yeah, who got sent off against West Brom for kicking someone in the knackers? Cheeky. That's old school. That That's I think, very I think, cheeky. It is old school, isn't it, Jim? Don't you reckon? It's very it was, written, it
3: was written up as for apparently attempting to kick his way out of a tangle of legs. So what I wonder is...
2: Well, I can clear that up Where right were now. those? Yeah, for, yeah, no, because it wasn't that. It sounds sounds because...
1: nightmarish, doesn't it? Like some sort of Lovecraft-style... <laughs> Hellish situation, <laughs> kicking you out of a tangle of legs? <laughs>
2: First of all, Louis Sibley is so young that he could probably legitimately say that he was trying to fight off a bully because <laughs> he was at school 18, or something. Yeah. And um, secondly, it wasn't a tangle of legs. The West Brom player was lying on the floor. That The, the referee stopped the game and he booted him in the bonnet. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Because the danger there, right, is you, you could make someone infertile. Yeah. So that's way more than a foul. You could have stopped entire generations of people there. Orange card. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sit out for 10 minutes that's actually Derby's sixth red card this season so they've got they've got Love the most it. in the championship so right. perhaps he was just trying to help out with records hmm. um, just a quick glance ahead to tonight's games uh, featuring someone else who has absolutely no problem with referees whatsoever it's Bournemouth up against Spurs no Eric Dyer. he's got a full match ban for that incident where he ran into the crowd query to defend his brother yeah. Jason Mourinho says he, he's, they're not going
2: to challenge it if I speak I'm in trouble
1: I saw yeah. Jason Mourinho says he's boring days. now isn't it yeah it's like he's doing the hits but yeah it's like, it's he like doesn't he, know what the hits are he spent, he spent all the be here now songs
2: <laughs> he spent so long doing all this stuff that he, he, he it's all implied mm. he could just probably just pull out a piece of paper and go quote two. <laughs> and all the pressures go. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. If I speak, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And I think the Eric Dyer ban um, is so long ago that he did it. I wonder if he could sort of have some kind of legal defence of the statute of limitations because it's. <laughs> it feels to me like it happened in about
1: 1986. Again, like in what other generation would you forget that? No, exactly. He went into the crowd. A massive and, story. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah,
2: that'd be that'd be an interesting game. Be good because mm. Bournemouth are absolutely abysmal, and it'll be a really good test of what Spurs are like because they've been very inconsistent.
3: Two 0 Bournemouth. Um, mm. so Everton, Southampton also at six o'clock. Uh, Southampton could be amazing. Who yeah. knows? And the eight fifteen kickoff is Aston Villa up against Manchester United. Uh, Paul Pogba apparently is going to stay at Manchester United. Intriguingly, Solskjaer says they're gonna they're hopeful of agreeing a new contract. And on the other side, uh. Sky Sports have been billing it as the ultimate addition for Jack Grealish, although mm. not if Graham Souness has got anything to do with it.
2: No, I, I, I think uh, Jack Grealish is, is, is almost certain to move on, because I do think Villa will be yeah. relegated. And I'd like to see him carry on playing his trade in the Premier League. And I think Maynard may not have been absolutely fantastic, as everyone does since they've come back. I'm really excited to see Mason Greenwood play, because I think he'll probably start again uh, against a team who are quite generous so you might see yeah. uh,
1: two of his, both of his lovely feet in action again tonight. Mm. The form they've been in, this could be a could be a tough, uh, tough evening for Villa. Bless them. Yeah.
3: Oh, good to see a generous team, um, like Newcastle. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Thank you so much for a lovely time, guys. Oh, was it a lovely time? Yeah, it was actually. No. Good. S- good. Say yes. bye, Luke Moore. I enjoyed it too. Bye. Say bye, Jim. Bye. I've been Kate Mason. Oh, I tell you, who's on tomorrow?
2: Yeah, go ahead. I know I can tell you if you want. Yeah, go on then no I won't it's your job as a <laughs> quite literally
3: wow a sledge to end
2: with how perfect join us tomorrow on
3: the previous show it will be Marcus Andy and
2: who Luke uh, me perfect Luke's game Marcus be Andy Clash of the Titans it's going to be exciting I'm excited for it I'm excited to hear it see you soon guys bye
0: This was a Stakhanov production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.